Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Well, praise the Lord. It is a new Sunday and a new month. And therefore, we are launching a new series. They walked with God. Heroes from the Old Testament. With that being said, I'm going to read from Genesis 17, beginning in verse 10, if you would like to follow along. Genesis 17 and verse 10. I want to welcome those that are streaming live. God bless you. Also, of course, you can follow along the, the notes on the Bible app, or you can access them through our webpage or there on social media. Genesis chapter 17, beginning in verse 10. This is my covenant, which you shall keep, between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised, every male child in your generations. He who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant. He who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, watch this, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. I want to preach a message today titled, Abraham Making the Cut. Abraham making the cut. Let me pray. Father, I yield in Jesus' name to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the great teacher. I thank you for the anointing that brings light to our spiritual eyes, that restores and reveals Jesus. Holy Spirit, work in revealing Jesus and enforcing His kingdom in lives today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Making the cut is a phrase that has multiple or different uses and meanings depending on the context. When it comes to sports, a context that was very familiar to me growing up, you want to make the cut. You would try out for a basketball team or soccer team or baseball team and you want to make the cut. You, if you don't make the cut, you don't eventually make the team. Have you ever been wondering and waiting if you were going to make the cut? I have found myself often wondering and waiting in years past. I remember in middle school, basketball tryouts, There in Louisville, Kentucky, I had 
already made the team previously, but there had been a change in the coach. And this year, I didn't know the coach, and the old coach had transitioned on, and even though I'd made the team before, I wasn't sure if I'd make it this year. As you can tell, when it comes to basketball, my stature is pretty intimidating on the basketball court. And so I didn't know if the coach, you know, wanted to give other teams a break or what. But I remember that tryouts would be over multiple days. And each day there would be a cut. And you'd have to make the cut to be invited the next day. And made the first several cuts. I can't remember if it was three or four days, the tryouts. But it came to the last day. It was down to the final cut. And this cut, if you made it, then you made the team. And I remember with my back up against the wall there, JCTMS and the gym sitting up against the wall waiting for the cut to, de- to be declared, the list. And as I sat there and listened to the names being read off the list of those that made the cut, one by one I was still waiting for my name to be called. And at the end of it, my name wasn't called. And you can imagine in that moment, I was sort of shocked being that I made the team before. It's not like a bunch of new players were trying out, you know, that transferred into school or something like that. And there in that moment, thinking, man, I'm feeling sad. But then the coach came out and said, I made a mistake. I left one name off the cut list. And he said, Chad Craig. I wanted to say, you got that right, but I didn't. I said, thank God I made the cut. Likewise, there is a cut from God. And this cut from God is necessary in order to have the possibility of walking with God. When we think about this series and think about walking with God, you got to understand that the possibility of being able to walk with God necessitates there being a cut. I think about how my grandpa went in for a knee replacement. The doctor was going to make a cut, full knee replacement. And he wrote with a permanent marker on the knee that was the one to be replaced with an arrow, this knee. See, you not only need to understand that there's a cut from God, but when it comes to making the cut, we also want to make the right cut. And my grandpa wanted to be sure that doctor made the right cut and replaced the right knee. So there is a cut from God. The question you and I have to ask ourselves, if there's a cut from God, are you and I making the cut? Are we making the cut to be on God's team, to be in God's family, to be in God's house? Then we need to ask ourselves, is the right cut being made? I want to minister today on that theme, making the cut. Notice in our text in Genesis 17 and verse 10, it says, This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. Now, I thought about waiting until Father's Day to preach this message for all the the fathers that have been absent the last several months or over the year or 
or new fathers that were invited for Father's Day, but I thought, you know, that probably wouldn't be good. Some of these men and fathers, first day back in the assembly and the gathering of God's people, and we start talking about circumcision, they would, they're already a little nervous probably. We wouldn't want to really set them on edge. But So I said, we'll go ahead and preach it today. Verse 11, And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised, every male child in your generations. He who is born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not your descendant. He who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be, everybody say must be, circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God here is speaking to a man named Abram. And he tells Abram, listen, I have an everlasting covenant. You know why God can establish an everlasting covenant? You know why it's an everlasting covenant? Because it was promised and performed by an everlasting God. The reason God can establish an everlasting covenant is because He's an everlasting God. He's an everlasting Father. But notice what He tells Abram. He says, I'm establishing a covenant, but the covenant is also to be in your flesh. Yes, God is establishing the covenant, but the covenant is to have effect on your flesh. What He's saying is, is I'm going to establish the covenant, but the covenant must be applied. It's like a doctor can tell you, I know the way that your body can be healed, and I'm going to prescribe you medicine, but you still have to take the medicine. God says, listen, I'm the everlasting God, and I'm making an everlasting covenant, but you have to apply the covenant in your flesh. Meaning, listen, God's covenant must be felt. God is an emotive God, meaning God is a God that has feelings. He has emotions. We see it throughout Scripture. And likewise, we're made in His image and we're created to have emotions. And God's covenant is to be felt. There is a fire of God that can be felt. There is a joy of His kingdom that can be felt. And likewise, His covenant making the cut, the cut is to be felt by all of us. What this means when he says the covenant shall be in your flesh, the covenant shall be in your body, he's saying that it's to be experienced. The covenant, though God established it outside of us, it is to be experienced by us. See, the covenant is to be applied in the circumcision of your flesh. Simple modern translation. The covenant is to make a cut. It's to make a cut. That cut is called the circumcision of your flesh. God tells Abraham the covenant is to make a cut in his flesh, in Abraham's flesh. And that cut would enable him to walk with God. You say, well, Pastor Chad, what is the flesh? Well, I'm glad you asked. The flesh speaks to and means our human ability. Your flesh speaks to your human ability. 
See, a fish, a fish's skin, a fish's flesh, gives it the ability to live in water. Your flesh gives you a human ability on the earth. But notice, the covenant is to cut away your flesh's ability. God tells Abraham, He says, the covenant shall be in your flesh. So number one, you need to understand when we look and learn from Abram who walked with God and how it applies to you and I today and what we're facing and going through, the covenant is to cut away your flesh's ability. What does this mean? It means the covenant is to cut away your ability to try to save yourself. The covenant is to cut away your human ability to try to achieve forgiveness of sins. The covenant is to be felt in experience where you cut away your desire to try to earn heaven and earn right standing with God. God says, no, I'm the everlasting God and I have made an everlasting covenant, but the covenant shall be in your flesh. It's to cut away your human ability to try to save yourself, to try to cleanse yourself, to try to make you better. See, the covenant is to cut away you depending upon yourself for salvation. The covenant of God makes a cut. It cuts our human ability, our human dependency away. God says, Abraham, you want to be in an everlasting covenant with me? Abram, you want a relationship with me? Abram, you want to walk with me? Abram, you want to make the cut? Be in my family? be in my house, then the covenant is to make a cut in your flesh. You're to be circumcised. Now I'm looking around, I think we have enough age experience in here to understand circumcision. The physical cutting of where life springs forth. What God is saying is that You cannot create a life of walking with me through your own ability. The covenant has to cut away you thinking that you have the necessary tools and ability and your human ability to be able to walk with me, to be made right with me. Can I tell you that likewise, just like God told Abraham, the covenant is to be in in your flesh. Likewise for you and I, God has a tool that must cut away you and I depending on our human ability. And it's not a knife. It's not a knife of circumcision. It's the cross of Calvary. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. That that cross has to cut away you and I thinking that we could ever bridge the gap between God our Creator and ourself. That you and I could ever build a ladder that could get us back into the arms of the everlasting Father. No, the cross of Christ, the cross of Calvary cuts away our human ability, our human achievement, our human dependency to make ourselves right with God. Did you notice that in the text it said that the person who shall not make the cut is the person who does not allow the covenant to cut into their flesh. It says that person shall be cut off from his people. Meaning God has a cut. God has a family. God has a team. 
God has a people. And in order to be in God's house and be a part of God's family, a cut has to happen. In order to make the cut, a cut has to happen. Unfortunately, not all will make the cut. Unfortunately, not all will be saved. Though God desires to save all. Though God has made a way for all to be saved. But as John 3 says that though light has come into the world, many have chosen to love their deeds of darkness and not come out of their darkness into the light. God has a cut. God has a list. Scripture calls it the book of life. And did you know if you've ever doubted God's plan and love for you, did you know that every human ever born originally had their name in that book of life? Because God did not create any human to go to the eternal damnation of the lake of fire. The lake of fire and the eternal prison was made for the devil and his rebellion and his fallen angels. But humans who won't allow the covenant to be applied to their life, who won't allow the, the covenant to cut the flesh, they intentionally or through deception follow the footsteps of the lawless one Lucifer and therefore they have to receive the same penalty that him and his fallen angels deserve and will receive the eternity in the lake of fire. So to make the cut, the flesh must be cut. To make the cut, you depending on your human ability, must be cut off. Secondly, the covenant is not in your flesh's ability to be fruitful. God from the beginning when you read in Genesis 1, He created mankind from the beginning, male and female. And He blessed them with the command to be fruitful and multiply. But mankind never entered into the perfect or the complete plan of God. Did you know that? Because they never took of the fruit of the tree of life. And because Adam and Eve nor mankind ever took of the tree of life, they never received or took into them a life that could only come from God. Where their human life would be swallowed up with God's divine life. A life that only He could provide. But because of mankind's sin, God sent an angel with swords on fire that stood in the way to the tree of life. And so... For the life of God, we learn to be produced in us humans. The life of God must be received. In order for God's life to be manifested in you and I, God's life must first be received. But Adam and Eve never received that life. They chose their own ability in human life. And therefore they were banned by that angel and by God's angel sent with the swords of flaming fire, they were banned from being able to access the tree of life. And what this is teaching us and what God is saying here even to Abram is it brings the question, how can you and I be fruitful for God? Well, fruitfulness is only possible in the cutting away of your flesh's ability. Because it's only in the cutting away of your flesh's ability can you receive God's life and God's divine ability. So just like the new birth is in the cutting away of your flesh's ability, 
for you who are a child of God today in order for you to be fruitful for God, fruitfulness is also always in the cutting away of your flesh's ability. From start to finish, the cut must be applied to our flesh. In the beginning, for you to be born again and made right with God, to have your transgressions and sins forgiven, the covenant has to be applied to your flesh. You have to stop trusting in your own good works. You have to start trusting in your own ability to save yourself. You have to start trusting in your own blood, sweat, and tears to forgive you. Or you bridging the gap between you and your Creator. But likewise, once you've been reconciled to God, once you've been born again, you still need to understand that in order to produce the fruit of God, in order to be able to impart the life of God to others, that the cut must still be applied to your flesh. That God's life can only flow through you because you have learned to receive God's life in you. In Genesis 17 and 17, as Abram walks with God, God, over the course of his walk, encounters him and teaches and talks to him numerous times. And in Genesis 17 and 17, it says, Then Abram, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child? Bearing a child is synonymous with bearing fruit in the Old Testament. It's a type for you and I who live in the times that we live in. To bear a child is synonymous with bearing fruit of the gospel. Bearing the fruit of Jesus Christ. And notice what is happening here. God is telling Abraham, in order for you to be able and produce a child, your flesh's ability has to be cut away. Abraham is 100 years old and and God has restrained him from being able to produce and have a child. Why? Because God is trying through the life of Abraham to teach humanity something. That in order to bear the fruit of God, in order to bear the fruit of God's promises in your life, the covenant must be in your flesh. The covenant must be applied to your flesh. You have to cease striving and know that He is God. You have to cease striving thinking that you could produce a life that can only come from God. That you have to allow the covenant, you have to allow the cutting to cut away you depending on your own ability to bear fruit from God. You can't get God's fruit without God. Therefore, you, depending on your own ability, your own humanity has got to be cut away. Kingdom production is in the cutting away of your own ability. To produce the kind of life to walk with God, it requires making the cut. To bear the fruit of God, the flesh must be cut. You have to stop depending on your own wisdom, your own intellect, your own fleshly tendencies. You have to stop depending on your own human ability in order for the God kind of fruit to be born in your life. In our main text, God tells Abram, He says, This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. The reason it's the male children 
is because in human reproduction, it's the males who physically impart life. Women do not have seed. Women physically are receivers. Women have wombs. It's the males, the men that have the seed who impart life. So the reason God tells Abraham all the males must be circumcised is God is teaching the people of God and teaching you and I that in order for life to be produced and imparted, humans have to get cut off of their life, them depending on their own ability to produce a walk with God or fruit for God. There has to be a cutting away of that self-dependence. There has to be a cutting away of that self-effort to impart the life that comes only from God. The flesh must be circumcised. The flesh must be cut is what God tells Abram. And if we can get a church filled with men who would accept the gospel of God that true fruit bearing, that a true walk with God is only made possible when we allow the covenant to cut away our natural tendency as men to depend on ourselves, to try to make it happen, to try to outdo and compete with one another. Then it creates in the females and the next generation a context of safety because it's a context where they realize that it's depending on God and only depending on God we can experience the kingdom and the goodness and the fruit of God in his life. So number one, the covenant is to cut away your flesh's ability. Your flesh's ability of thinking you can save yourself, forgive yourself, earn heaven. Secondly, the covenant is not in your flesh's ability to be fruitful. Fruitfulness is not based on your human ability. It's based on you allowing the covenant of God to cut away you depending on your human ability and your human life and you receive and trust in God's divine life that He can impart to you. But then in verse 12 of our main text, God tells Abraham, He says, He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised every male child in your generations. On the eighth day, See, eight is used by God in Scripture to represent new beginnings because the number seven is used by God in Scripture to refer to completion. God in creation, as told through Genesis, was seven days, meaning the process of completion. The righteous falls down seven times, but each time gets up, meaning for you to learn how to live out righteous in an area Seven represents the process coming to completion of you learning to trust in God's ability and not your own human ability. So because seven is the number of completion, God uses the number eight to represent new beginnings. So thirdly, we can learn from Abraham who walked with God in this text today. The new beginning is in the cutting away of your human ability. 
Some of you have been wondering. Some of you have been seeking. Some of you have been asking God for a new beginning. Some of you have been wondering how a new beginning can come in your life. A new beginning can come in your marriage. A new beginning can come in your career. A new beginning can come in your heart. A new beginning can come in your mindset. A new beginning can come in your priorities and your future. And God says today to you, the new beginning is in the cutting away of your human ability. In Genesis 17 and verse 22, says then God, He finished talking with him, Abraham. And God went up from Abraham. So Abraham took Ishmael, his son, all who were born in his house, and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day. Someone say, same day. As God has said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very same day, someone say same day. Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael. And all the men of his house, born in the house or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Notice the text here says when God got done talking with Abraham, Abraham didn't sit back and ponder. Abraham didn't sit back and speculate. Abraham didn't sit back and philosophize himself. Abraham got up and on that very same day obeyed God. He allowed the Word of God, the momentum of God, he allowed the momentum of the voice of God to motivate him in that moment to obey God. And it says that very same day Abraham was circumcised. It makes me ask us the question, why wait? Why wait? Why wait when today's the day of salvation? Why wait another day depending on your own human ability? when God already knows it can't make the cut. Your human ability, your human achievement can't produce the life that God has for you. Can't produce the fruit of God's kingdom. Why wait? Today is the day to make the cut. Today, making the cut can start a new beginning for you. A new beginning in your focus. A new beginning in your priorities. A new beginning in your marriage, in your relationships. A new beginning in your finances. A new beginning in your parenting, in your career. A new beginning in your desires. Today can start a new beginning if you make the cut. Did you notice in the text, God tells Abraham, those born in your house and also those who have been bought with your money, they all must be circumcised. What's he saying? To you and I, what it means is to be born in God's house, we all must be born again. To be in God's house, we must all allow the everlasting covenant of Christ crucified to be applied and felt in our flesh, to cut away our human dependency, to cut away our human tendency, to try to cover our shame with our own sufficiency, like Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves through their own sowing, through their own fabric, through their own ability. God says, no, that's not sufficient. I alone have a lamb that establishes a covenant, but the covenant must be applied in your flesh. 
those that are born in your house. See, to be a child of God and to be born in this house, the flesh must be cut. No one earns status as a child of God through their own human ability. No one earns status and access to God's house through their own human achievement. It doesn't matter how much money we have in the bank. It doesn't matter how many letters or degrees we have behind our name. It doesn't matter the pedigree of where we come from. That in order to be a child of God and be born in the house of God, the flesh must be cut. But you know also, there are local houses of God, like a local church. Oftentimes you hear a story, but some of these stories ain't reality. That's why Scripture says, He who tells the story first seems right until another comes and examines them. And sometimes you hear the story floating around social media or America. If someone says, I went to a local church and I, I never felt like I belonged. I never felt apart. Well, listen, you can never truly belong until you make the cut. To truly belong to God's, with God's people and in God's house, the cut has to be applied to your flesh. You have to be born again. If you're not born again, you can't ever feel apart. It's in our flesh being cut and the covenant of God applied to our life, and us being made right through our trust in Jesus, that then we truly belong. We truly belong. That's being born in the house. Some of you got born again right here in this local house, dwelling place. But did you know, God tells Abraham, it's not just those born in your house that's got to be circumcised. He says it's also those that were bought with money. Some of you, listen, you weren't born again in this local church. We bought you with our money. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Let me explain. Listen. Like some of the new members today. They weren't necessarily born again here. We, in a sense, bought you with our money. How? Because, listen, there were people here in this church who honored God with their money. And they gave money to the Lord. And the money given to the Lord provided for this facility. The money given to the Lord provided for that outreach that was used to reach you. The money given to the Lord provided a context called connect groups or growth phases that God used to reach you. And you experienced the ministry of His Spirit through those outreaches, through those ministries, because money was given. And you said, because you were ministered to, this is where God wants me to be. But listen, the new members... To all members, those born in the house, those not born in the house, those here. Listen, all of us, all of us must have our flesh cut away. For you to walk with God and for you to bear the fruit of God, it requires the cut of God. It requires. We all must be cut. Sometimes people go from church experience to church experience and they continue to have the same experience because, listen, their human ability hasn't been cut away. And when your human ability hasn't been cut away, then you take your human ability wherever you go and therefore you get the same experience. 
But I'm telling all of us today that a new beginning is available through the cut of God. That the cross of Jesus Christ can be applied and felt in our life that cuts away us trusting and depending on our human ability and it will enable you and I to experience a walk with God. It will enable you and I to be able to impart the life of God, to bear the fruit of God. You can't get God's fruit, you can't get God's life without God. And so you and I have to cut away the mentality that God's asking you and I to be God. That God's asking you and I to do it in our own ability. No, the gospel's the gospel of God. It is the good news because God has made it available for you and I. And when we get back to the simplicity and the purity of the gospel, new beginning, a new fire will come in your heart. A new Pentecost will fill your life. A new hunger and thirst to worship God will fill your life because you will realize that God has made an everlasting covenant because He's an everlasting God and God has done for you and I what only He could do for you and I. Oh, hallelujah. So number one, the covenant is to cut away your flesh's ability. Number two, the covenant is not in your flesh's ability to be fruitful for God. Number three, the new beginning is in the cutting away of your human ability. Then in Genesis 17... In verse 1, it says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. Here God comes to Abraham. And Abraham, he says, you're going to be the father of faith. And Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. And Abraham, I'm going to make you fruitful. And Abraham, kings are going to come from, from you. And then he says, so walk before me. What's he saying? He's saying, Abraham, walking with me is possible through the cutting away of your own steps. Through the cutting away of you depending upon your own heart. And likewise, it's the same for you and I. Walking with God is only made possible through the cutting away of us depending on our own steps, our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God and He will make straight, make smooth our paths. Walking with God is possible through the cutting away of you and I depending upon our own course to get to the promise and the promised land God has for us. Walking with God is made possible through the cutting away of us depending upon our own intellect and steps and plans when it comes to bearing the fruit of God. Listen to me. You can depend upon your education and your intellect and your degrees to be successful in your career, but when it comes to producing the life of God, you can depend on none of those things. It's only in the cutting away of human dependency that we can bear the fruit of God, the life of God, and the victory of God. Then he says, walk before me, Abraham, and then he says, and be blameless. What it means to you and I is, listen, walking blameless. If you're a child of God, that's your heart, that's your desire. God gave it to you through the new birth. But what we see in this text is that walking blameless is only possible through the cutting away of you and I depending on our own ability. 
We can't walk blameless before God on our own. We can't walk blameless before God through our own human ability. It takes God in order to walk blameless with God. What does Scripture mean by being blameless? Well, I'm glad you asked. To walk blameless means you walk in the truth and all the truth that God has taught you. God is a perfect Father. He doesn't hold you accountable in your daily experience on things He's not yet taught you. Meaning, there are things you don't know yet that God will ask of you in the future, but because He hadn't taught you that yet, it doesn't affect your joy or your victory or your peace or experiencing the favor and the presence of God now. But what God does hold His children accountable for is walking blameless. And walking blameless is to walk in obedience to what God has already taught you. So God tells Abraham, now that you understand because I'm the everlasting God, I can make an everlasting covenant. And now that you understand that all the people of God must allow the covenant to be applied to their flesh, to cut away their human trust, human dependency upon themselves. Because of that, now I'm telling you, a new walk is made available for you. Living blameless is now made available for you. And God says, I will make you. I will make nations. What's God saying? It requires me. So let my covenant be applied to your flesh. But you know, those that's been in growth phases, you've heard about the my role factor, R-O-L-E. God says, I will make. I will make you the father of faith. I'll make you the father of many. I'll make you fruitful. But you have a role, Abraham. And you must allow the covenant to be applied to your life. See, religion, and when humans depend on themselves, what we get is we get denominations that fall into the extremes. The extremes that always talk about it's all God's doing. And it leads to passivity in the people. Then you have denominations that talk about all that we as humans are to do. And it leads to a works mentality of, of sweating and trying to achieve and nervousness of trying to please God. Biblical Christianity is God says, I make the covenant. I do what only I can do. But you must allow the covenant to be applied to your flesh. The myro factor. And notice what happens when we do that. We are able then to walk with God. We're able then to be blameless before God. And then, but also thir thirdly, he says, King shall come from you. Listen, you know why some of you, the enemy has dominion over you currently in your experience? Not legally, but in your experience. You know why you're in a pattern of sin? You know why you're in a season of defeat? It's because you need to allow the covenant to be applied to your flesh. Because when you let the covenant be applied to your flesh and you stop trusting in your ability to overcome the enemy, your ability to overcome the habitual sin, and you start trusting that only victory can come from the God of victory, then he says, king shall come from you. What does that mean? Dominion shall come out of you. Authority shall come out of you. Victory shall come out of you. Only when the flesh has been cut can God's life bring out of us His authority, dominion, and victory. 
Some of you are trying to get victory on your own. And God is here through the message today reminded you, no, I made the covenant through Jesus Christ, but you must apply the covenant. And the covenant is cease striving and know that I'm God. Paul in 1 Corinthians 1.29, come on band, says, No flesh shall glory in my presence. The gospel is a no flesh glorying in His presence. Listen, I can tell you to the level that you experience God's presence is based on to the level that you've allowed the covenant to be applied to your flesh. Because no flesh shall glory in His presence. The more human dependency you have, the less encounters you'll have with His manifest presence. But the more you'll allow the cross to be applied into your life, the cross to be felt, the more you can encounter the power and presence of God. It does no good to talk about Pentecost if we don't understand that because the cost God paid, that cost of the cross needs to be applied to our flesh. But I'm telling you, if you'll let go of depending on your human ability, God's got a power from on high that today can be encountered by you. That God still has a Pentecost. He still has an empowerment of God's Spirit for your life. And God's just wanting some of you to acknowledge what He already knows and what the gospel's been trying to get you to acknowledge the whole time. That God God didn't set up a covenant that's completely dependent on your human ability. God didn't set up a covenant that you reaching people and being a blessing to people is completely dependent on your human ability. No, God set up a covenant that's completely dependent on you allowing the covenant to cut you depending on your human ability so you can receive God's divine ability and then God's divine ability within you can produce God's fruit and life and victory through you. That from start to finish, no flesh shall glory in His presence. That from start to finish, we're giving the glory of His glorious grace. From start to finish, we're saying that it's only because of God you can encounter God through my life. It's only because of God I can bear the fruit of God. That I've allowed the circumcision of God made no longer by hands or a knife, but by His Spirit to cut off my life depending upon myself for my own salvation, from depending on myself for my own sanctification, from depending upon myself for fruitfulness for the kingdom of God, I have ceased allowing me to be the foundation and the center of my life, and I have allowed God's life in Jesus to become the foundation and my confidence for His fruit to be born in my life. Paul, when he writes to the New Testament church in Galatians 3 and verse 8, he says, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. God was telling Abraham long before Jesus came how to be in the faith how to be born in God's house, how to make the cut. That humans, you and I, before we die, before we leave our body, we don't have to die with just a hope. We can die with a certainty and assurance we've made the cut. That we've allowed the everlasting covenant God established through the shedding his son Jesus Christ's blood and his body being broken we've allowed it to be applied to our life 
today's the day of salvation. Colossians 2.11, Paul says, In Him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. I'm glad to live in the New Testament, friend. I'm glad that we ain't got to get involved in that Old Testament circumcision. I'm glad that the Spirit of God does a circumcision in the unseen. That He cuts away from our life a heart. A heart that is self-seeking, self-dependent, self-striving. He gives us a new heart, a God-dependent heart, a God-filled heart with the life of His Son, Jesus. By putting off the body of sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ made by the Spirit. And then Paul tells the church in Philippi in Philippians 3.3 3 says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. The New Testament fulfillment of all we see in the life that Abraham lived as he walked with God, Abraham the father of our faith, is that it is from start to finish. It's a covenant made possible by God. But you and I have a role to play in applying what God has provided, allowing it to be applied to our life. Will you allow the cross of Christ to cut off your life, that mentality that the everlasting Father has created a gospel where you try to through your own ability please Him through your own ability work for Him no, no, no. allow the cut of God to cut away that thinking if you'll do it you'll have not just a church experience you'll have a supernatural church experience If you'll do it, you'll have not just some type of walk with God, you'll have a supernatural walk with God. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.